violates me. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. An infectious diseases expert calls on the government to test all residents of a Shartin housing block where a cluster of COVID-19 cases have emerged. A survey by the American Chamber of Commerce finds most respondents are concerned about Beijing's planned national security law for Hong Kong. And the UK Prime Minister says if Beijing does impose a national security law on the SAR, Britain may offer BNO passport holders UK citizenship. An infectious diseases expert has urged the government to make it mandatory for residents living in a Shartin housing block hit by a cluster of COVID-19 infections to be tested for the virus. He said officials have been too passive in dealing with the latest outbreak. He also called for restrictions to be placed on residents of the affected block to limit their contact with the public. Wendy Wong reports. Health authorities have collected more than 1,000 saliva samples from residents of Lokchin House on Likun Estate in Sha Tin. As the tests are voluntary, officials can only appeal to residents to submit samples. Speaking to RTHK, Dr. Ho Patlong, who has the University of Hong Kong Center for Infection, said the government was too passive and this could lead to further spread of the virus. He said it was dangerous for residents to go to school or work while the tests were being conducted in the first few days. He said Macaro the mainland would do mandatory testing in similar situations. Dr Ho said residents should be put under medical surveillance, banned from dining out and visiting places such as gyms and karaoke's, and required to wear masks. Earlier, the Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, told an RTHK program that if people saw a doctor when they felt unwell, that would be the same as having medical surveillance. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk-ting has expressed anger over remarks that anyone who opposes the new national security law should be disqualified from September's LegCo election. DAB stalwart Tam Yu-chung, who's Hong Kong's sole delegate to the NPC Standing Committee, told a pro-Beijing magazine that lawmakers or candidates who oppose the law are violating the basic law and should be barred from running. Mr Lam says Mr Tam is threatening to disqualify the whole pro-democracy camp. Mr. Tam tried to threaten Hong Kong legislative councillors to support the national security bill. Such remarks blatantly violated the basic law and the power and privilege ordinance. I strongly urge the Hong Kong SAR government to clarify whether it is the stance of Hong Kong government and to pursue the criminality of Mr. Tam's remarks. Meanwhile, the chief executive Carrie Lam has arrived in Beijing for talks about the national security law the central government is preparing for Hong Kong. She's due to meet with mainland officials this afternoon, but it's not been confirmed whether or not state leaders will be involved. The CE is being accompanied by Justice Minister Theresa Cheng, Security Chief John Lee, Police Chief Chris Tang and the director of the CE's office, Eric Chan, for her one-day trip to the capital. Mrs Lam is expected to brief the press following the meeting before coming back to Hong Kong tomorrow morning. A survey by the American Chamber of Commerce shows the majority of respondents are concerned about Beijing's move to impose national security laws here. Candice Wong reports. 180 U.S. firms, or about 15% of AmChen members, responded to its survey. A third were moderately concerned, and over 53% were very concerned about the legislation, which aims to tackle secession, subversion, terrorism and foreign interference. Some 60% of respondents thought the legislation would harm their business operations, citing concerns about ambiguity in scope and enforcement, talent drain, 
Hong Kong's international status, social unrest and judicial independence. A third of respondents said they were considering moving capital, assets or business operations from Hong Kong. Beijing and SAR authorities have repeatedly said the law won't affect Hong Kong's autonomy. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has warned China that if it imposes security laws in Hong Kong, Britain will have no choice but to offer millions of people with British national overseas passports a route to UK citizenship. More than 350,000 people have BNO passports. Another 2.5 million are eligible to apply for them. Here's the BBC's James Landale. Slowly but surely, Britain is cranking to China's plans to impose security laws on Hong Kong. Writing in the Times, the Prime Minister says the legislation would curtail the territory's freedoms and erode its autonomy. In response, he says, Britain would have no choice but to offer people who hold British national overseas passports extended visa-free access to Britain and a route to citizenship. Many people fear their way of life is under threat, he says. Britain cannot shrug its shoulders and walk away. It must provide an alternative. The Bar Association has written to the National People's Congress Standing Committee urging it to consult the Hong Kong people about the proposed national security law. In the letter made public today, the association's chairman, Philip Dykes, says meaningful public consultation is crucial as it will affect the entire population of the SAR, including resident overseas nationals and businesses. Mr Dykes also asked for the association to be provided with a copy of the draft legislation once it's ready so it can give comments on its form and content. It has also copied the letter to the Secretary of Constitutional and Mainland Affairs, Eric Tsang, and the Justice Secretary, Theresa Chang. To other news, the Transport Secretary, Frank Chan, says the Buildings Department has taken legal action against Leighton, the main contractor responsible for shoddy construction work at the MTR's Hongham station extension. Speaking at a LegCo question and answer session, Mr Chan said the government is closely following up on the recommendations laid out in the Commission of Inquiry's final report which said the MTRC and Leighton had demonstrated serious deficiencies, including poor craftsmanship, bad management and lax oversight. Speaking through an interpreter, the transport chief said apart from prosecuting Leighton, authorities are still considering what other action to take. The Development Bureau is now reviewing the final report in order to examine and then analyse whether there are new circumstances that have not been previously considered. If necessary, the Development Bureau will pursue to the existing regulatory regime follow-up on a case in a fair and just manner. As for legal liability, we understand that the Buildings Department prosecuted the contractor Leighton under Cap 123 Buildings Ordinance on the 15th of May this year. Since the case has entered the judicial process, it is not appropriate to comment at this stage. A group representing disciplined forces says they're extremely disappointed the government has frozen pay for civil servants as they wanted a pay rise of 4%. A survey recommended an increase of up to 2%, but the government said there was a need to ride out the difficult times together. Bonnie Lowe, who chairs the Disciplined Services Consultative Council on the staff side, says civil servants have been left out of the government's epidemic relief package. She told an RTHK programme that the spending power of 180,000 civil service families would have been boosted, but now staff morale was hard hit by the pay freeze. 
It's been reported that the World Health Organization struggled to get key information from China at the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The American news agency AP says recordings of internal meetings it's obtained show WHO officials complaining that Beijing was slow to share data on the transmission of the disease, as Sean Kennedy reports. Throughout January, the WHO publicly praised Beijing for what it called a speedy response to the new coronavirus, saying its work and commitment to transparency were very impressive and beyond words. But behind the scenes, the Associated Press says it was a different story. The news agency says its investigation found significant delays and considerable frustration among health officials over not getting the information they needed to fight the spread of the deadly respiratory disease. AP says dozens of interviews and internal documents show tight controls on information and competition within the Chinese public health system were to blame. It says WHO officials lauded China in public because they wanted to coax more information out of the central government. But in a recording of a private meeting the week of January the 6th, they complained that Beijing was not sharing enough data to assess how effectively the coronavirus was spreading among people or what risk it posed to the rest of the world. The recording suggests that rather than colluding with China, as President Trump declared, the WHO was itself kept in the dark as Beijing gave it the minimal information required by law. AP says the WHO declined to answer questions on its report without first being given the audio or written transcripts of the recorded meetings. But it says it was unable to comply with this demand in order to protect its sources. Relatives of George Floyd, the black man killed as he was detained by police in the U.S. city of Minneapolis, have accompanied an estimated 60,000 people on a memorial march through his hometown of Houston, Texas. George Floyd's brother, Terrence, has again called for peace. I don't want anybody coming and, and looting and rioting and, and, and anger. Even though you're angry, we're coming and we're doing this in peace. After seven nights of angry protests over the killing, evening curfews are in place in major U.S. cities. Austria has released more details of its plan to repurpose the house where Adolf Hitler was born by turning it into a police station. Hitler's boyhood home in the town of Braunau on the border with Germany has remained a focal point for pro-fascist sympathisers. Here's the BBC's Bethany Bell. After years of heated debate over what to do with Hitler's birthplace, Austria carried out a compulsory purchase in 2017 and last year announced that the building would be turned into a police station. As he presented the design for the alteration of the building, the Interior Minister Karl Nehammer said the police were the protectors of fundamental rights and freedoms. A carved rock outside the house which says fascism never again is to be moved to a museum in Vienna. To business news, Australia says its economy is already in recession after official data showed GDP fell last quarter as entire business sectors were shut down to fight the coronavirus. The economy contracted 0.3% in the quarter ended March, the first decline in nine years. Following the data release, the Australian dollar eased from a five-month high and the benchmark share index trimmed gains. 
Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,283. That's 287 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $78 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.53 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 74 cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. The Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp has been speaking about how his team would celebrate winning the English Premier League title with no fans in the stadium. The season is set to resume on June 17th with Liverpool just two wins away from their first league title in three decades. What is it? Six people from two different households can meet again. That moment will be in a few couple of weeks. If it happens, we are still not champions, so we have to play football games and we want and we have to win them. Um, on top of that and we don't want to stop winning after two games or whatever they are difficult enough so our first three games are Everton, Crystal Palace and, and Man City so I, I, I don't see any results written in the stars there already we have to work really hard for that time for your family and stuff like this you cannot if you want you always can find any issues in, in the situation if we will be champion then whichever celebration is possible we will do as a team internally and with all our supporters in a moment when it's allowed to do so again. And then I can promise if it happens, there would be a parade as well. Whenever. Who cares? The 2020 Formula One season will start in Austria on July the 5th. The first of eight consecutive races in Europe, all taking place behind closed doors. The BBC's Jenny Gao has more. They're going to do it very safely, is what they've said. They're going to create a biosphere, which means that all of personnel going will have to be tested on a regular basis. They'll be using charter flights to enable um, for events to happen uh, in, in a safe way. Um, and each team will have to be isolated from the other and they'll be working within you know, all of the confines that, that we have on us nowadays, I suppose. Um, it's quite a coup, really, for them to be able to get these eight races listed and down and done. Um, so, as you said, they'll start July 5th in Austria with two races, then Hungary, then one week off, uh, then two races in the UK at Silverstone and Spain, another week off, Spa, Italy. And those are the first eight races that they can schedule, which is good news for F1. North America's richest racehorse has died. Arrogate, winner of the 2016 Breeders' Cup Classic, who went on to become world's best racehorse that year, has been euthanized in Kentucky yesterday. He was seven. Trained by Hall of Famer Bob Bafford, Arrogate had seven wins in 11 career starts, with earnings of over 17 million U.S. dollars, making him the all-time leading money earner in North America. He retired at the end of 2017. According to the breeding farm, Arrogate fell in his stall last week and has not been able to get back on his feet. It remains unclear what the illness was. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. An infectious diseases expert calls on the government to test all residents of a Shartin housing block where a cluster of COVID-19 cases have emerged. A survey by the American Chamber of Commerce finds most respondents are concerned about Beijing's planned national security law for Hong Kong. And the UK Prime Minister says if Beijing does impose a national security law on the SAR, Britain may offer BNO passport holders UK citizenship. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 3rd of June is today's date. How are you doing? We do have a busy program for you. Just after half past one, we're going to be talking about saving our Chinese white dolphins. And we'll be joined by Lawrence McCook, the head of oceans conservation at the WWF Hong Kong, as uh, as long uh, along with oceans conservation officer Doris Wu. And uh, they'll be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, after two o'clock, Karen Ko talks to Peter Burkle, uh, who is an industrial designer, about how COVID-19 has changed the future future of office designs and finally after 2:30 Cruzy McCalligan uh, will be joining us once again uh, after the half past 2 news and uh, this week we're talking about uh, cozying up and ruffling our feathers to take a closer look at nests and uh, we want to hear from you as well so feel free to drop us an email our email address is 123show at rthk.hk that's 123show at rthk.hk you can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mayer 